Hello, all you high-frequency females and human beings. I'm Tiana Walker, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode, and as always, for taking the time for yourself. This episode, I'm joined by a true shining light in this world, Natasha from Serene Psychology. Natasha is a practicing psychologist and business consultant who has the passion for helping people get to the source of their subconscious programming so they're able to break free from their limiting beliefs and behaviors so they're able to live their best life. You know, stress is something that we all experience in one way or another, and sometimes it can be so overwhelming, it becomes quite debilitating. Natasha and I discuss some of the root causes of our stress, how to overcome them, and also her personal opinions on where science meets the woo-woo, because you know I'm all about the woo-woo. So, Enjoy. Hello, Natasha from Serene Psychology. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the High Frequency Females. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm getting goosebumps all over Yay. myself. <laughs> now there was so a, a good feeling. Yeah, there's a huge reason I wanted you on this podcast, and you know, I started following you on Instagram, and just everything you do is so relatable and just so easy to you know connect and understand. You know, sometimes on social media and it's a psychologist and all that sort of stuff you you sort of get a bit lost and what are they talking about Mm. but the way that you present what you do and how you can help is just so relatable um yeah I just love everything you you do so amazing thank you so much I do try and um you know write it simply right because there's no point getting lost in all the different types of therapy and all the different terms and um, you know, I'm a true believer that uh, no one knows us better than we know ourselves. And so, you know, often we might go to a doctor or, you know, maybe we might even see a psychologist and, you know, they might present us with some information, but if that doesn't feel right for us, um, you know, then we can just look to understand ourselves better and um, look to someone who will listen uh, to how we're feeling. And I guess, you know, um, a lot of what I do when I work with clients is, um, it's about tapping into, well, what is your truth? Because uh, through this life, obviously, we're exposed to lots of different experiences, right? And those experiences teach us uh, our beliefs about ourselves, others in the world. And what we can find is often when we've had, you know, uh, exposure to trauma, which many of us are exposed to trauma, so that's like death, um, natural disasters, um, you know, even witnessing, you know, something on the news, et cetera, et cetera, all those things make us vulnerable, right? And they can put us into this state of hypervigilance because we want to fight or flight, we want to protect ourselves. And um, essentially, you know, we can take those feelings and that response wherever we go. So whether it be at home, whether it be with friends, whether it be at work, and um, it can be really difficult to sort of switch off that anxiety because what we do to try and protect ourselves, we overthink. And we worry about, you know, worst case possible scenarios. And it's like, we literally torture ourselves by trying to perform this safety behavior of overthinking. Um, And so, yeah, a lot of the work that I do with people is helping to unpack all those learned thoughts, beliefs and behaviors and really 
tap into, well, hang on. Okay, so you've had this experience um, and, and, and that's what you remember because when we are exposed to trauma, we usually have one really strong sensory element, right? And so when you work with a therapist, you feel in the whole picture. But not only that, the most important part is about reframing because when we go through trauma or stress or any sort of stressful life event, um, essentially we forget to see ourselves as strong. And so part of the recovery process is actually uh, having that reflected back to you. And, you know, even if we look at um, people impacted by a natural disaster in the last two years in Australia, a big part of their recovery process is actually being able to take back their control and power by doing things for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, I want everyone to live at a high vibration and frequency. And I feel that, you know, there's a real stigmatism around mental health. And I feel mm. that mental health is almost, and your physical body is almost like a car. You have to do the maintenance. So, you know, mm, exercise, diet. But to your mind, you got to think of it mm. like, you know, if, some, if your leg's broken, you go to a doctor. If, mm. you know, something you're not feeling right mentally, you'd go see a psychologist. And so... Yeah. It, or, or whatever works for you, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a psychologist. And um, I believe personally we should all have a coach, right? We should all have someone. Like I see three different people who I really respect and who give me different ways of looking at myself and the world. Um, and, yeah, I think we all do need that because, um, you know, basically that fight or flight response coming back to that and the impact in the body, every time we feel a negative emotion, that activates the chemical reaction in our brain and in our body, right? Mm-hmm. And so for that person who's running late for work, they're already agitated. They're already you know, got those cortisol levels pumping. Um, and, you know, if we were an animal in the wild, we would keep running and we would burn off that cortisol, that stress, that energy, right? Because yeah. that energy is there to keep us safe. But what happens is, well, we might not like what the person's saying at the meeting at work, but we can't just run away or tell them to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> as much as we'd like to. We have to stay there and suck it up, right? And yeah. so that's what happens a lot of the time when we do have anxiety is that, you know, we're forced to stay in a situation so the chemical reactions are occurring, but it's not actually life-threatening. Um, and that does have a physical impact on our body. And, um, you know, it's not just about uh, changing our thoughts because sometimes there are no helpful thoughts, right? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you need to feel what needs to be felt and then redirect your attention. Or alternatively, there are so many uh, physical strategies that you can use to sort of help stop yourself from spiraling or your thoughts from spiraling and just use up that energy because you know another thing that I'm, i strongly believe in is we have our emotions and our body sensations for a reason they're there to let us know when something's not okay and the problem that we experience often is we criticize ourselves for having an emotion yes you know um we beat ourselves up because we feel weak or or what have you um, or maybe we weren't allowed to express emotions safely um, and have that heard and validated um, in previous relationships or childhood experiences or whatever. And so we start activating those past stories, right? And mm-hmm. we don't allow ourselves to be human. Yeah. Um, yeah. So today I really wanted to talk to you guys about some alternative strategies to help, you know, not necessarily just use the thought stuff, but just use the physical things to help 
you improve your mood, whether that be, you know, you're a bit stressed out, whether that be you're a bit worn out, whether that be, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty depressed and you just need to start, you know, feeling a little bit more happier. Yeah. So I know myself, I suffer from really bad anxiety and so does my partner as well. And it is some common, it, it can just be the smallest things of like, I didn't get enough sleep. So that sets me off for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. And it's, yeah. I'd love to know like coping mechanisms, like just to Absolutely. even help relieve that. Yeah. And often when I'm working with my clients, um, what I find is, you know, they'll have this really great period and they're like, they all of a sudden come back to me and they're like, oh my God, I'm not sleeping again. I'm so anxious. I'm, you know, snapping at people, you know, and there's just no reason. I'm like, hang on a minute. (laughs) You've been going to uni full time. You've been, you know, working this many hours. You said on the weekends you're helping, you know, out at the farm or whatever it happens to be, right? And what we don't realize back to your initial point is we are literally running on empty. Our, Our fuel tank is depleted. And, you know, there are, simple things that we can do, life hacks that we can put into our every day that help fill up our fuel tank. And these are buffers for stress, right? Because we can all only cope with so much for so long. We can all only carry, you know, a particular amount of stresses. And it's like, you know, you might be crying over the burnt toast or whatever else, but you're not really crying over the burnt toast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, usually it's like the burnt toast is the trigger or the situation that sets you off. But what we do is we think about that one thing, we feel a little bit awful, and then we spiral and we think about everything that has ever gone wrong. All of a sudden, we're overwhelmed by these emotions, right? And it's because we've not allowed ourselves to either rest or to, I guess, um, meet these needs, these underlying needs from these other emotions. Uh, But a lot of the time, if we can just uh, incorporate five, ten minutes, whether it be stepping away from your desk and eating outside, right or um, a five ten minute conversation at work like we tell ourselves um no i'm too busy i have to keep working mm-hmm. but we actually become unproductive yeah and when we have those five ten minute conversations that gives us energy and it doesn't have to be about anything important yeah. um and you know even meditation right like or being in the shower um people when we step away from our desk we activate different brain waves mm-hmm. and so our brain is still consciously processing whatever the problem is that we're dealing with. But when we um, activate these more relaxed brainwaves, such as in the shower or through meditation, uh, we actually allow our subconscious mind to give us the solution. So like, have you ever sort of seen someone and you're like, oh my God, what's their name? What's their name? What's their name? And then four hours later, you're like, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I should know this person's name. So that is your subconscious mind being like, hey, we knew the answer all along. Um, And so meditating, it's five, ten minutes um, or any form of mindfulness, right? Um, So mindfulness is simply engaging in the present moment where we spend so much of our time um, worrying about the future, reflecting on the past or looking at, you know, what could go wrong in the present. And that's not our fault. It's like how we learn to think and behave because essentially our brain and body are always focusing on our survival right Mm -hmm. um and as soon as we get this one tiny little bit of worry it just creates this tornado because um our mood influences what we attend to Mm -hmm. but also our thoughts influence how we feel and so we've got what's called a reticular activating system in our brain and that is like um a bouncer for the sensory information that we receive Mm -hmm. 
so what tends to happen um, is this reticular activating system, it filters in um, what should go to our conscious awareness, what is important, because otherwise we don't want to be yeah. rocking back and forth from, you know, too much stimulation. Yeah. Um, so if you have a conversation and, and you're speaking about, you know, for example, uh, red carp, right? And all of a sudden you see that red carp 30 times that day. That is because your subconscious mind has said, oh, this type of red carp is super important. We've got to be on the lookout. And so any other day you would have driven past those 30 red cars, but because it wasn't uh, important to you at that point in time, the reticular active surveying system in your brain didn't bring it to your attention. Now, how this ties back to anxiety is as soon as you have a little bit of an anxious mood or you have a little bit of a worry, boom, all of a sudden it is scanning the environment for every single little thing that could go wrong or has gone wrong. And so it is so easy for people to get caught up in that spiral and, you know, a bad moment becomes a bad day. Yeah. That's so interesting that you say that because that's exactly, I know when I'm anxious just about this one thing, I'll then Mm. be thinking, oh, I've got to do this for this client. Okay, I've got to then do all this stuff at home because I've got people coming over and it's like every single worry I have that's in that Mm -hmm. immediate future is, is magnified. Absolutely, and we don't respond as we typically would, right? Yes. Um, because it's all amplified, um, and we then start to activate all these unhelpful sort of thinking styles and core beliefs that we've developed previously to try and keep us safe, quote unquote, yeah. <laughs> which aren't really helpful. And so, it, you know, um, it can be really helpful in those moments just to take a moment, literally. Yeah. So. You know, different things work for different people, whether that be going for a walk, checking in with a friend, having something to eat. Um, I find writing without thought is really effective yes. because it really taps into those core beliefs and unconscious stories that are sort of activated. Because, again, if we go back to the burnt toast scenario, it's like, all right, so I'm crying right now because I've burnt my toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this is about, though. So let's just write freely until we unpack what that is and you know maybe it's like oh, i'm a failure in everything i can't do life yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and you know on a normal day we can see that's totally irrational and we've filtered out a whole ton of information where we're like succeeding in life mm-hmm. um but in that moment the chemical reaction that occurs in our brain and you know the the momentum that that gets both physically in our body and then how our brain directs our our attention, it just continues to grow unless we do something about it because our emotions are there for a reason. They need to be felt and allowed. Otherwise, they just get louder and louder and louder and bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, one bad day a week to, you know, being upset every day. Yeah. And I have a question and I know when I'm anxious, I feel like I need to drown myself out so I'll be on social media, but that essentially makes me kind of feel worse. Like, <laughs> is that is there a link there? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, I'm guilty of this myself, right? It's like I'm so exhausted at the end of the day and I find myself on social media for an hour. It's like, what am I doing? It's 11 o'clock. I really don't need to be looking at these, um, you know, whatever this thing is that I'm looking at. It's really irrelevant. Um, but I guess what we're actually doing is we're trying to soothe ourselves through distraction um, and 
it's not really helpful, right? Because we're actually really stressed because we didn't have enough time. (laughs) And I see this a lot, right? Like, you know, we do spend a lot of time on our phones and it is how we stay connected with the world. However, um, what we could be looking to do to incorporate more into our day is, okay, well, what actually makes me feel good? What used to make me happy? Um, Because if we don't give ourselves opportunities to feel good, how are we supposed to feel good? Mm Mm-hmm. Scrolling on your phone doesn't light you up, does it? No. It's just a bit, it just, uh, I mean, sure, and I try not to make my content too heavy, right? Because the last thing you want to do at the end of a really crappy day is like read this long (laughs) (laughs) Uh, paper on Instagram about why, you know, you're experiencing what you're experiencing. Um, But yeah, essentially, if you can sort of be mindful of how much time you're spending on your phone, um, then you can sort of start to, I guess, prioritize your time and start to feel better because you just need to incorporate those moments of happiness, mm-hmm. um, sort of small wins. And, um, you know, basically if you do that more of the time, you'll feel happier and happier because just as it works spiraling downwards, um, you know, that little bit of momentum, um, if you focus on every small win, that also creates a positive mood, right? So it's not just uh, the negative side. We can sort of, uh, you know, reverse that to work in our favour. Yeah. And also with social media, you know, you have access to so many different people and getting insights of their life, which most of the time people portray as, you know, perfect or perfect. yeah, or rose-coloured <laughs> glasses kind of thing. Um, if you see my Snapchat, it's totally not like that. It's just me being a hot mess sometimes <laughs> and, I, and I love it. Like I'm riding my bike after a few champagnes in my house. Uh, <laughs> love that. Yeah, so, you know, when you do see that, it's sort of – you know, there's this big comparison of you're comparing almost like the worst of your life and how your life and your anxious feelings versus mm. people that, you know, are portraying this. Like, are you seeing mm. a lot of people making those comparisons? Because I know for me, I do yeah. sometimes and I have to consciously Absolutely. think. Yeah. And we all do that, right? So that type of thinking style is actually called magnemize magnification and minimization so Mm -hmm. basically we magnify the perfect features of others yeah we minimize our strengths but worse we compare our weaknesses Mm -hmm. to other people's strengths um and so we learn to do this um and often this type of thinking style is also strongly connected to uh perfectionism right where Mm -hmm. it's like okay if i can just do all these things and we set ourselves really high expectations and then when we don't meet those expectations we're completely deflated Mm -hmm. but we're setting ourselves up for failure because no one can be perfect all the time Mm -hmm. and so you have to plan for success and when we do experience moments where um you know we haven't gotten the results that we wanted to get it's about reframing that and looking at well what can i do differently next time and you know, okay, so I, I got this result, um, you know, under these circumstances, because often we're criticizing ourselves and not seeing the whole picture, right? Like we're, you know, let me give you a simple example. Say, for example, I'm a marathon runner, couldn't run a marathon to save my life, but <laughs> <laughs> let's say that I, I am. my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to run my fastest race if I had the flu, right? Yeah. But what we do is we expect that perception from ourselves and it's like 
you know, you might be really upset with yourself because um, you didn't beat your PB on whatever marathon you're running, right? Um, but you're not taking into account, oh, well, actually it was high altitude or, um, you know, you, you're three months off an injury, so you're not going to be your personal best straight away. Or, you know, there's yeah. just so many other explanations. And a good way that I like to think about this is um, to help reframe your thoughts is, okay, if this is happening to a friend, what would I say to them? Because essentially we would never say half the horrible things to a friend that no, we say never. to ourselves. <laughs> Um, and when we look at it through that lens, we can then actually start to see the bigger picture and think about the situation a little bit more objectively. Yeah, because it is quite difficult because I know, um, especially when you're starting a business and, you know, you're looking at like all these people achieving so much and you want to be mm. at that level. And I, and I have said it multiple times before where people are wanting to start businesses that sell similar products. But I heard this amazing saying where, you know, you have a look at the water aisle. They're all selling the same water, but look at how amazing all these different brands are. And it's how you uniquely you tap into a different market, how you market it. Every person is so uniquely different and so uniquely beautiful that we need to celebrate the differences Mm. that make us. Well, that's my, my interpretation of of that absolutely I love that metaphor I'm getting the goosebumps again (laughs) Um, but that was awesome because essentially you know I do believe there's room for everyone at the table right because um you know I am not for everyone and that is okay and I shouldn't compare myself to someone on social media who's been doing it for 10 years because of course they're going to have you know so many more followers than me or so much more this than me right yeah um and so really what we've got to do is we've just got to kind of um do what we love do what makes us happy and stop trying to compare ourselves um and just sort of go with the flow and following our feelings is a really good way to do that so uh, we can use our emotions and our bodily reactions as a guide right it's like you know you're feeling worn out and like you've got no energy for a reason Mm -hmm. you've overcommitted. you've said yes to so many people and maybe it's now about okay let's say um yes but no so it's like oh i really do want to catch up for breakfast i can't do it this weekend what about next weekend and just giving yourself that opportunity to um you know not meet everyone else's needs around you because i feel like that's a bit of a trap we get stuck in as well sometimes definitely and another thing is um i think i know for myself you tie certain things to being successful but Mm. once you know something's no longer achievable or you can't go down that path you sort of it makes you feel terrible and it's really hard to disconnect because you put Mm. so much of your worth and being successful and tying it to something you know that might not actually go ahead so how do you overcome that and disconnect I don't know if I'm wording it correctly but no I'm 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 definitely interpreting what you the question that you're asking so essentially I suppose you're recognizing that so much of our identity is connected to what we do yeah and that starts in the classroom as a child and it starts as a kid right because it's like um you know sit down be a good girl be a good boy raise your hand do this do that and it's like um we receive the positive praise and oh you know mommy 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 daddy 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 or whoever I got 10 out of 10 on my spelling test. Well done. That's very good. And, you know, we receive all that praise and all that love um, for those achievements. So 
then we sort of only allow ourselves to love and respect ourselves when we're receiving that love from the external world. However, the problem with that is not everyone's going to love you, but also Mm -hmm. no one gets to define who you are except for you. Yes. Yeah? Because other people's opinions are actually none of your business. They don't know you. Love that. (laughs) Fucking love that. (laughs) (laughs) But they can never see things through your lens, right? And I actually did a reel on this the other day. Um, So basically um, there's so many different truths, right? So we can all experience the same experience and, you know, um, we can all be truth but have different beliefs. And so um, essentially there's this this story of three blind men and they all never had seen an elephant, right? Mm -hmm. And the first blind man touches the elephant's trunk and he's like, oh, this elephant is very much like um, a a tree. And the second blind man's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's like a snake. And the third blind man is like, oh, no, 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 no. It's like a rope. And so you can see, because you know the mental image of an elephant, right? Mm -hmm. Each of those men are right, but that was their interpretation of that situation. And so when we look at our work, um, sure, we can receive feedback from other people and we can decide whether we respect that observation yeah. <laughs> and whether we want to take that in or not. Um, but they don't get to define who we are mm-hmm. until we can, um, I suppose, love and respect ourselves. We're, we're never really going to see that positive praise that we receive from others because what we actually tend to do is we do have low self-confidence. We don't look for the good things that we do. We look for every single criticism. And when you look for criticism, the reticular activating system in uh, your brain continues to filter for those, right? And so you stay stuck in that pattern and you limit your own success. Yes, totally, totally get that. Mm. I sort of hit... I moved away from my hometown and, you know, lived in Brisbane for quite a number of years and at some point in my 30s and I can't even pinpoint when this time was but it just clicked that I don't care what anyone thought of me anymore. Mm. Like it was just... How empowering, right? Oh, my God. And it's just I just don't care. I started to create healthy boundaries as well and, you know, it really shone a light on those people who one didn't respect my boundaries um and you know the only people that get cranky about you know you setting boundaries are the people that sort of took advantage of that absolutely and so (laughs) you know and you know people aren't gonna like me but I don't even care that so that speaks Mm. volumes on there and it's even when um if anyone comes to me and talks badly about somebody I, I take it with a grain of salt because I'm like, I'm actually thinking, why do you feel comfortable to talk to me about this? And it mm-hmm. speaks more about them as a human you. being than the person they're yeah. talking about. So it's, mm. yeah, but I can't. Uh, yeah. Like, and it's so hard because people ask, oh, how did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I absolutely, but it was. It's I, a process. Yeah. It's about developing awareness, right? It's about. What you would have done is you would have tuned in to your body's yes and your body's no. Mm-hmm. So you're, when you think about your favorite food, mm-hmm. right, or a glass of champagne, yeah, yes. <laughs> you feel this nice, floaty, relaxed, expansive feeling in your gut, right? Yes. But if you think about having an argument, yes, um, what happens in your stomach then? It like tightens, mm-hmm. right? 
that is literally your blood vessels going, no, 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 that is not for me. So basically it would have taken you a lot of work and awareness to get to that point where you could really strongly identify your yeses and your noes. And, you know, we all get it wrong sometimes, but we can, you know, not feel guilty about changing our minds, right? Um, And essentially you learn then or you relearn that it is safe for you to express yourself and you change the way that you thought about other people instead of people pleasing you're like you know what I really don't want to go to that breakfast I'm just going to text them I'm going to let them know look I'm totally out of steam this week let's reschedule to next week and because you uh, I guess gave yourself permission to put yourself first Mm -hmm. um, and because you would have had people like when we do this at the start obviously there are people that do blow up right Mm -hmm. but the people that do love and care about you and respect you they will Try and understand your perspective and a healthy relationship is 50-50. We can't go putting in, you know, 90% and wondering why no relationship ever works out, whether it be romantic, friendship, family, right? Like it just, when we keep giving and giving at the cost of ourselves, Mm -hmm. no good for anyone. Yeah. And it sort of was a, a, I was listening more to people's feelings and really Mm -hmm. could stand back and say, I could understand how you feel that way, but this Mm -hmm. is where I'm coming from and you've also got to listen to me. Absolutely. And so that piece there is really important. That's assertive communication, right? Um, And um, when we are assertive, we can't guarantee that the other person will respond in that manner because often we learn to, I guess, put other people's needs first if we have someone in our environment who gets angry or who gets upset or, you know, maybe there was school bullying or something like that that I guess makes a person sort of be a little bit of a chameleon and, um, you know, try and fit in and, and you know, like receive love from others in that way. Um, but when we do start to tune into our yeses and our noes, when we do start to find our voice and practice that and when people start responding to that in a way that is respectful, mm-hmm. we start to relearn different ways of showing up. We start to sort of retrain our ways of thinking, tapping right into those subconscious beliefs. And basically, it's like we're building on our self-confidence and we're giving ourselves permission to be human, to validate our needs, to feel heard, and to not feel guilty about chasing after what it is that we need because there's only one of us and um, we've only got so much to give. Yeah, exactly. And um, do you know what the biggest learning thing is, is I can pick a narcissist straight away now? <laughs> no, being a psychologist and uh, dating. Yeah, oh, my God. I think I need to go back to uni and <laughs> like it's – but it's just so interesting in that when you can just sit back and how people talk to – uh, it's just, yeah, it's mind-blowing, really is. Mm-hmm. And Well, you can see, for me, I see the grooming first. So usually it's the mm. first meeting, right? And it's like, yeah. wow, this person is love-bombing. They are way over the top and these behaviours are concerning to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally get that. Now, there's one thing that, like, really drives me insane and it's, and, and it's all about, I think, because women as women do uh you know put a lot of value in how they look and how Mm. you know their appearance comes across and Mm -hmm. I find it difficult when others are commenting on others physical appearances 
Like it drives me insane. But I want to sort of get into the thought process of why they think that's okay to be Mm. able to speak to someone. Yeah, comment on them. Yeah. Is it it a way of Mm. them feeling better about themselves or are they – I don't know. Well, it would be different for every situation, right? But it is a form of judgment. Yeah. yeah? And children do what children see. Yes. So at some point in their life, they've learned to be judgmental of body image. Mm -hmm. And they would apply that same level of judgment to themselves. It doesn't make it okay, but it makes it less personal. And see how if you make it less personal and less about you, it changes how you feel about that situation. You know, you can then sort of have a conversation with the person about thank you so much um, for following my feed. Really, not about body image. Um, it's really about da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you just, you know, because we're so quick to shoot the messenger, and I get and respect why, right? If yes. someone yells at me, I want to bloody yell back at them. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't call me fat. <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. it happens to be, whatever yeah. comment they're making on social media, um, but. If we try and be the persecutor, yes, they don't learn, they don't grow. Sure, we might try and educate them respectfully and they don't listen and, you know, if they want to stay stuck in that miserable judgmental pattern, go see the quality of your relationships and the quality of your life. That's, that's your thing. I also don't have to teach you, but I can respectfully express myself and my opinions um, about those comments. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, because it's it's hard to sort of unpack of where they're coming from and the reasoning behind because mm. when I see it, because they never say it to me because I, I think I'm, I'm such a strong person that I would be like, I don't appreciate you actually speaking that way to mm. me or that hurts my feelings. I'm, I'm very quite mm. open of how I feel and expressing mm-hmm. that. But when I see it done to other people, it's mm. like where it can be soul destroying, oh, right? Like really? it's yeah. that reticular activating system. Like you know, a night when you're about to go out, and all of a sudden, um, so this one's called mental filtering, right? So it's yeah. like maybe it's your birthday, and you've got this new red dress on, and everyone's like, "Wow, you look amazing! You look so great! You look so beautiful! Happy birthday!" And one person's like, oh, "Do you think it's a bit hard to crush your butt?" For the rest of your night, you're like, "I look terrible. This is disgusting. I feel because." We filter out all those positive comments and focus on that one negative and we do that magnification thing and, and blow it up. Yeah, 100%. Man, you're just blowing mm. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, these are unhelpful thinking styles that we can all perform, right? And when you work with a therapist, you really get to sort of tap into which ones you're doing and then learn how to think differently. And then once you kind of get that at the symptom level, mm-hmm. because let me tell you this one. so. Um, basically, you know, you can go to see a therapist when you're in a state of distress to your earlier point, right? We only sort of go in crisis and can't, but, you know, can't do anything to fix ourselves anymore. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you'll be working at the symptom level. You won't, you'll be like, oh, I'm so depressed. I can't sleep, yada, yada, yada. Um, but it's not until you actually tap into the core beliefs and the, and the events and stories that created all this. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can then actually start to reframe all that because basically our subconscious mind operates for up to 90% of our day. So 90% of our day, we're actually on autopilot. Um, And so we're keeping activated the lenses that we see the world from our earlier childhood experiences, right? And so, you know, you might see somebody, um, 
you know, do something to someone at the supermarket and you could look at that in two ways. You could be like, oh, that's really nice. Or you could be like, oh, what a rude, horrible person or yeah. whatever. Um, depending on your mood is how you'll look at that situation. Um, and essentially, when you go to therapy, uh, you can tap into those core beliefs. And when you start to become aware of your emotions, your thinking patterns, your bodily responses, you really start to tap into your subconscious stories that limit your success. And rewrite them, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, crazy. I love it. I love it. Our mind is so susceptible, though, right? Like, you know, um, I don't know if you're leaving the house again today, but it's like I bet you you'll see 10 red cars. Yeah, probably. (laughs) And it's like as soon as you buy a new car, I keep seeing that same car everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now I'm like into woo-woo and that was the Mm. hardest thing for me like when I did study psychology and, you know, I used to get messages and I used to actually see people that passed away. And so, and it was like that connection of, okay, this is science and then this is like woo-woo like. Mm. So what are your thoughts on, you know, psychics and that connection yeah, sorry I just, I just again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay um so essentially um you know I guess we all have different personal beliefs right yes. and I would never I'm a, a teacher not a preacher yeah um but in psychology for example the first thing you learn is if a client comes to you and they have a belief in faith yes that's a protective factor yes right? And there's bucket loads of social psychology research that suggests belief in space is a protective factor. Yes. And we will write that down when, and, and a good therapist will ask the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, for me personally, um, you know, I've been a spiritual person most of my life, my teenage years. Um, and I guess I'm also an intuitive processor as well, right? So 75% of the population, when they process information, they look at cold, hard facts. Me personally, I look at the connection between events. And so um, I love, like, um, I've got papers written on cognitive neuroscience, right? Like journal articles and published research. But for me personally, I do believe in the physics behind, for example, law of attraction. So it's like, you know, everything is made up of atoms, positively and negatively charged. Um, and, you know, basically we think our way into our current reality based on our thoughts um, and how we feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I suppose even, I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but the holistic psychologist. Yeah, um, I do. I've got her book America, as well. She's <laughs> incredible, me too. Um, but even just the other day I was absolutely cheering because she wrote about um, the higher self and the ego and, and all those sorts of things. And, yeah. you know, um, I think it is about, you know, I guess you choose. No one knows you better than you know your, yourself. And my stepdad is actually, like, so totally straight and doesn't believe in God. He believes in aliens and space and all that sort yeah. of stuff and <laughs> loves space. And so I have some really interesting conversations with him because positive psychology, the way that positive psychology looks at spiritual interactions and things like that is meaningful moments, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you walk, maybe it's a special event and all of a sudden a song comes on the radio and it reminds you of the person, you know, and it's like, how can you explain that? Yeah. You cannot explain that coincidence yeah. aside from the fact that, you know, 
spirit had a, a play in that, right? There was some form of um, manipulation on their part. Or I'll give you another example. I have got a very dear friend of mine and she compl- she was driving on a dirt road and it was um, she completely rolled her car. Her car was written off. Every window smashed. She crawled out of the car without a scratch. That's crazy. That is Like you yeah. just can't explain stuff like that. You know what I mean? And so... Um, you know, respectfully, um, whether you believe or don't believe, I mean, that's definitely your personal opinion. If someone comes to me and they do believe, and then it's like, you know, let's use your faith and your belief, and that's a strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely not preaching it on anyone. Yeah, <laughs> because you kind of got to learn through it through experience. But I do love challenging my stepdad. Yeah, as <laughs> I you really. Do. <laughs> really make him think about things in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> He's my last project. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what is really strange is that, you know, I get like these little snippets of flashes in my head of like mm. even text messages people have sent. Um, yeah, like, I get that too, especially yeah. through meditations yeah. and stuff. And yeah. it's like that's where I am like how do I interpret this like from yeah it's I can't even well, describe only you it. can decide yeah. yeah but but you know you've obviously got spiritual gifts and um we all actually can develop them we all have intuition right so that going back to that gut feeling I was telling you about before it's like you can meet someone for the very first time and you can think oh hell no I'm getting yes. out of here I don't want <laughs> I don't want to talk to you any longer yeah. right we get that feeling but our rational mind which tries to Explain the world away and understand everything and categorize uh-huh. everything and make everything black and white. It can't explain it because it's like, oh, they just said hello, but yeah. you're like getting these creep, 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 creep vibes, yeah? yeah. So that's the blood vessels in your stomach, your gut instinct. The, the blood vessels are constricting and they're saying, hell no, don't speak to that person. Or it's like, you know, um, if you're picking. I don't know, someone to build your house or whatever, you know, you, you chat to one person, you get a really good feeling, you chat to someone else, you're like, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. And the more that we learn to tune into, because our body scans our environment for threat too, right? That yeah. is our instinct. The more we tune into that, um, you know, the, I guess, uh, more we live, uh, or we start to sort of see things just lining up for us because we're kind of just, doing what feels right instead of what our brain tells us is right and this is something that I've only kind of come you know fully understood and embodied myself recently is this idea of wrong and right yeah because it's like and coming back to that perfectionism that you were talking about before it's like the only thing that makes something wrong or right is my mind so here I am torturing myself over whether, you know, um, should I eat this or should I eat that? Which one's right, which one's wrong? And for me, it's a bit of context. Me personally, I've got some hormone things going on and I've got to try and reset those. And, you know, dietitians told me one thing, a specialist has told me one thing. And I'm like, oh, I really want to help my body, but which one's wrong? Yeah. Which one's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm just going to do what I feel is right. Because again, coming back to that personal truth, no one knows us better than we know ourselves. And so, you know, 
always do what feels right for you. Yeah, that's so amazing. So uh, I just love just how you so passionately describe things in such a relatable way. And, you know, you just blow my mind. So is there anything, you know, you want to let the audience know and to help heal their mind? Yeah, sure. So um, I would really strongly encourage if you haven't to start meditating. Um, and the reason I say this is because it does activate those different brainwave patterns. But a short meditation, in fact, research has shown meditating for as little as six minutes a day actually does have positive mood impact. But also, if you're having a stressful time, if you take yourself away to meditate, um, you know, you come back and you're more alert and you're better to pay attention, etc., etc. Um, and you don't have to sit there cross-legged and stare at a candle. <laughs> There are so many different ways to meditate. Like you could literally meditate on your morning run. If you are being mindful of what your senses are receiving, that is meditation. But it is through meditation that um, I do work on developing my spiritual gifts and and those sorts of things. And um, yeah, I mean, it can absolutely help to activate those different brainwaves, help you step into sort of finding more creative solutions. Um, but also helps you to tap into those unconscious, subconscious stories that have kind of created these patterns in your life that you're so frustrated they keep happening that you just can't seem to shift because coming back to those all those different truths, you just haven't been able to fill in the whole picture yet because you're still, you know, obviously focused on, understandably, this one key core element of emotion and you haven't been able to sort of really sort of see the, the whole picture. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who is like wanting to see a psychologist or counsellor or something, but they've got that little bit of hesitation? What can you... Mm. So usually when I see someone for the very first time, I let them know what it's about. It's like, okay, today's all about you, getting to know who you are. And most importantly, at the end of today's session, I will ask you, what would you like to achieve by working with me? I might ask you some questions, but just because I ask you a question doesn't mean you have to answer it. Mm-hmm. Yes, whatever makes you feel comfortable. If you get upset at any stage, we can take a break and move on. You know, you are always in the driver's seat because that's what therapy is about. Therapy is about giving back the person their power, letting them unpack their concerns. And as they do that and explain it to me, they're actually treating themselves mm-hmm. because, you know, they're looking at it differently and they're explaining it. And, um, a lot of people that do come to me have had bad experiences, right? But it's, I say it's just like when you get your hair cut. If you don't like the way someone does your hair, you go to a different hairdresser, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens in psychology is it's like you just don't go again. Yes. Fortunately, I've had a lot of people come to me that, um, you know, have obviously found people that just aren't the right fit. And it, it, it's a very personal process, right? Like mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger, I had this one woman and obviously I was, I think I was only an intern at the time, but she's like, oh, you're way too young. You haven't had, you know, enough life experience for me to see. You know, I'm like, honey, you don't have no idea about the traumas (laughs) in my life, girl. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's very personal. Um, If you don't like, if you don't feel the connection with your therapist, if you don't, and I say therapist, because my best friend's a social worker and she's fucking amazing. (laughs) Um, So whatever works for you. Um, But if you don't feel that initial click, um, keep shopping around until you find the right person for you because it will change your life. Every moment, every minute you invest in yourself, 
is get you just that much closer to achieving your goals. And I guess it really allows you to become more of the dictator's too strong a word, but the driver of your life, right? Because once you tap into those subconscious stories and patterns, you're no longer allowing your subconscious mind to continue these patterns and you can then start to really live and really uh, have meaningful relationships and, you know, I, I'm going to correct myself a little bit or not correct myself because obviously there are some mental illnesses that are very, very serious and, you know, need medication and those sorts of things. But what I would say to those people is you can still have a high quality functioning of life yes. and it is learning to work with those symptoms. It is learning to, you know, I work with some people at the moment who have borderline personality disorder and the most beautiful thing about them is how intensely they feel. Yes. When they first come along, they hate it, right? Because it destroys all their relationships. But it's like, I bet you that actually makes you such a beautiful friend. Yes. When your your friends need you, you really get how they're feeling. All we need to do is we need to create a little bit of a moment between your emotional response and your reaction. If we can put in a little bit of a, a soothing strategy there, then you're not going to you know, blow up at people when you feel like, um, they're intentionally hurting you, you can take a moment, regulate your emotions, mm-hmm. uh, do some reflecting, then you can come back and be inserted. And I bet you'll find that your friend was just really busy that week and that's why, you know, they couldn't go for a walk. It had nothing to do with whatever else, whatever yeah. hundred reasons you yeah. told yourself in your head. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's just, yeah, perfectly explained because, you know, I have friends that, you know, oh, I really want to see someone but I just... I feel okay now, but I just yeah. – and I have to sort of explain that, you know, you might be feeling okay now, but – We should th- actually seek therapy yeah. when we feel well because when we seek it in crisis, we only work on the crisis. If we seek it when we're well, man, exactly. the changes you yeah. can make will blow because your mind. Do you give, you give them the tools to be able to deal with that and overcome that? Like yeah. how does that work? So – uh, the, per- the the client should always be in the driver's seat. They come along and they say, okay, this is what I want to work on. So that's what we work on. Mm-hmm. Um, they And they set the agenda every single session. It's always like, you know, what would you like to talk about? And then, you know, whatever their challenge is, we introduce a strategy to cope with that or we unpack it a little bit further to tap into those, you know, early childhood stories, unconscious beliefs, yeah. so they can see the pattern. Because once you have awareness, that then you give yourself choice. Yes, you give yourself choice to respond differently. You take back your power, and you no longer kind of become this reactor. Yeah, you are then able to respond. Yeah, and from a place of calm, because throughout all this, you're learning to regulate your emotions. Like mm-hmm. we often don't get taught to regulate our emotions, right? Because we've got to be a good boy or a good girl, or you know. Our parents, they try their absolute best because they can only do what they learned or maybe they've got an illness, whether it be alcoholism or whatever, right? Like, um, you know, anger doesn't help anyone. Mm-hmm. doesn't make the harm that people do to us okay. But when we work through that, it gives us a greater sense of peace because we're no longer holding on to this, you know, this, poison so to speak right because it's like when we continue to hold on to that anger we think that everyone's going to do this to us and then what's the reticular activating system in our brain do well it looks for any tiny little 
snippet of information that could indicate to protect us, of course, that that person's going to do that to us. Yeah. Wow. Now, I could talk to you forever. Really, I could talk to you forever because I just love this so much. I love it. Um, so where can our listeners find you? Sure. So um, my website is www.serenepsychology.com.au. Um, I do have a few spaces open at the moment for clients if anyone's interested. Otherwise, please follow along on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Um yeah, and, you know, if anyone's even just interested in a 15-minute discovery call, I'm totally happy to work out if I'm the right fit for you, right? Because I will say no to people um, if I don't feel that it, that it will be the right fit, yeah? Because I'm in it to help people. I'm not in it to make money. Um, you know, sometimes people need a different quality of care. I, through COVID, have been working all online and... To be honest, particularly with my trauma clients, it's actually been more effective because they can be in their bed in their safe place, working through stuff, keeping themselves calm and not having to regulate their facial expression or worry about what I'm thinking about them. And um, yeah, so predominantly on online at the moment, uh, but trying to move to Queensland. So we'll hopefully be there and yeah. open the face-to-face soon. Yeah. Well, I will put all of your links and where people can find you in the show notes as well. Um, but honestly, guys, follow Tash on her social media, Serene Psychology, because like I learn so much and there's so much value in her page and you just add value to the world. Honestly, mm. it's you you help so many people by just your posts and being able to be so relatable and understanding. So (laughs) I just want to say thank you personally from me and for everything that you do. And I think what you're doing is so important, so important for this world. You've no idea. So I just want you to know that you're appreciated. Oh, thank you. I, do time. <laughs> I know I'm getting goosebumps. I don't know how many times you give me goosebumps today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I try to post as often as I can. Obviously, I still work and, and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, um, thank you so much for having me and for bringing all the light you do to the world and helping people on their journey wherever they are. It's very special. And I think you need to think about what you want to do next because you would be wonderful in this industry and <laughs> you've got to do what makes you happy. Maybe one day I'll get back. <laughs> I'll get back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be that one path, right? Yeah. Like if you just open your mind up to the possibility, you will find a solution. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us and on the High Frequency Podcast and thank you again. Thanks, take care. Bye.